Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. Think about what you're typically using, whether that's printables or kits or whatever that is, and have a home base. If you have a home base for that, even if it's a complete dumping ground of files and it's no organized no further than that, at least you always know where your files need to go. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 60. In this episode, I'm chatting with Melissa Shannon of Digital Scrapbooking HQ about decluttering digital scrapbook supplies. Before we jump in, I want to invite you to join me on Monday, March 23rd for our next Your Way workshop. This is a live interactive session where you can explore your hobby with fellow memory keepers. This month's workshop will help you create an action plan for continuing to reduce and prevent creative clutter. You can learn more about this free session at simplescrapper.com slash workshops. Hey, Melissa, how are you? I'm great. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad to finally have you on the podcast. Can you kick things off by sharing just a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, um, my name's Melissa Shannon. Um, you can probably tell from even the few words I've spoken, I'm from Australia and I am a passionate digital scrapbooker and I've um, been teaching digital scrapbooking for the last eight years at Digital Scrapping HQ. Awesome. Yeah, I'm just, I know you for so long now and I just, you're the <laughs> perfect person to come on this show and to, to talk with us during decluttering month here at Simple Scrapper. But before we get into today's topic, we always share a little bit about what's exciting us right now in memory keeping. So what's exciting you, Melissa? Well, I, I mean, I love scrapbooking and I make time to do it, but Every um, it's currently February, so I am participating in Layout a Day with the Scrap Happy family. That's like Alice Bowl and the team, and I just absolutely am loving that. I'm doing some really simple pages because um, I'm creating a Layout a Day. It just makes it more possible to um, fit in. So I love. I'm. I guess I'm loving. You know, scrapping along with my scrappy uh, friends, and you know, just getting some pages made. It's it's good. So, that, you know, that's really similar and connected in a way to the thing that's exciting me right now. And it's about 
having innovative accountability tactics, ways to get you excited about scrapbooking and get you productive. And so challenges Mm -hmm. and things like load are awesome for that. And I have this very strange story, but there's something underneath there that I think is a good takeaway. Um, The other day I was working here in my office on my computer and my daughter came in. She was procrastinating after her shower and before bedtime. And she got out an album that we had kind of started working on together And she's like, mom, there's blanks here. Like, here's a card. Can you write on it? Mom, I need a photo (laughs) of this thing for this spot. Or mom, can you print out the photo of when I was exactly three months old? And so she was like (laughs) being my like accountability buddy and giving me discreet, simple (laughs) tasks so that we could fill in the blanks in the album. And I'm like, there's really something to this. Oh, that's so awesome because she's, and I love that she's so matter of fact, she's not overthinking anything. She's just like, oh, there's a blank spot here. Put this in this spot. (laughs) Yeah. And she's like not thinking that like, oh, it might need to, we need to pick the right photo. She's like, mom, just pick a photo. Come on, like print it out. Let's do it. Or can you Google Mm. a photo of a cheetah for me? I want that on this page. And Mm. yeah, it was just, it was very refreshing and then she started like, I'm like, you know, we can't finish this all tonight. And I'd also, I needed to order some new ink for the printer. And so she, mm. I gave her a pad of sticky notes. So now she has about 50 sticky notes in this album of what's going to mm. go in every pocket. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. So, but I, I think that just anything that we can do to have someone encourage you, tell you what to do, even just like telling, you know, your good friend, the person you're texting with or chatting with all the time saying, Hey, I need to do these three things. Can you tell me to do the first one? And then I will check back in and then tell me to do the second one. Sometimes we just need that very simple, basic accountability. uh, So we don't Mm. feel so overwhelmed. Yeah. I love a bit of accountability. I am, I, I, I absolutely love layout a day for that. And, um, it's so funny because it seems crazy to try and scrapbook every day for a month, but it, you just get so much energy from seeing others playing along and then you gain momentum yourself. So I'm sure as you're going through, you, you know, all these post-its, you'll be feeling so good about finishing off that album, right? Yeah, yeah. So anything that like, really just supports you and, and momentum is, you know, that's uh, – Momentum means that you can't stop the forward movement. So it's that getting the snowball rolling down the hill and then then it's much easier to keep going. Mm. So, all right. So switching gears now, we always talk about what is one story on our bucket list. One thing that we really want to make sure we get into our albums. So what's on your list? Well, it's interesting. I was thinking about this because I, as I mentioned, I, I'm pretty prolific. Like I make a lot of pages. So I've got um, baby books for my four children. They're all done. Like that I feel like is a huge achievement. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, and like I've completed two years of project life. I'm, you know, I last year I smashed through the barriers and finally finished all my December dailies that were like 90% done or hadn't been printed. And I and I was thinking, gee, wonder what is um, – a story that I haven't been telling. And then um, I was just reminded, I follow um, Dr. Elfenstein. Now, oh, my goodness. Natalie Elfenstein? Nat- yeah. Yeah. Natalie. So um, I follow her obstetrics 
account as well as her like scrappy account. Uh-huh. And this year she is set um, sharing a hundred birth stories. Oh wow! So she and I we've chatted about it a couple of times, and I just feel like I really like to tell that story. And I don't, I don't know or those stories of the four births of my children. I don't know that that is something I'm going to be like sharing online specifically, but then I'm again, I'm like, oh, I'd like to be part of those birth stories that she's sharing. Um, so that's kind of on my list and I'm not really sure how I'm going to tackle it. I'm thinking I would just write them down first. And um, I have a few photos that I could put with it, but I'm, I'm not sure how, what the end result would look like, but I definitely for sure want to at least write it down because I've kept notes. I've got like all these notes and I've got like screenshots from like the contractions app Mm -hmm. that I had, you know, so yeah. So it's a bit of a, I don't know, it's not really something I've seen in scrapbooking all that much, but um, Natalie's you know, inspired me to tell those stories. So I want to do that. Well, and um, I think that's year. a perfect example of a bucket list type story that we may feel unsure how to tackle. And so we just have to kind of inch your way into it. It may not, it may be something that people are doing more than we realize because it is so mm. personal and can be private and, and maybe the photos aren't for public <laughs> consumption, you know? Yeah. Um, and so we, those are things that maybe are happening more than we think they are. I'd be, I'd be curious to have a discussion about that and to see, have you scrapbooked your birth story and how did you do it? Um, mm. and, and I just think that, so in, in real time, uh, last night I recorded an episode, but when this is airing, it will have been last month when the episode mm-hmm. came out, um, <laughs> and, and, um, uh, Shannon Manta and I talked a lot about, when you start by getting the story down and we're so typing is so natural these days. So whether or not you're a digital mm-hmm. scrapbooker or a paper scrapbooker, if you can start by typing your story, it, it, it starts your brain making these connections in ways that handwriting it doesn't. Also, you can edit yourself and really figure out what's my point here. But it also gives you that time to sit with the story so that you can maybe make the plan and figure out how you want this to come together. You see how many words you have and what the shape of them are and then how, and that can influence the design and you never know where you're going to go if you just sit down and start writing. No, um, it reminds me of another kind of bucket list page I just made on the 1st of Feb um, with Load, which was Emily's telling the story of her getting glasses. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was, I realized it was just emotional for me because I didn't know how poor her vision was. As a mother, you kind of, you get that bit of that pang when your child is at the optometrist and or ophthalmologist and she covered one of her eyes and she literally couldn't see anything really. Um, and you get that feeling. And it took me seven years um, to be ready to tell that story. And it's not like I'm pouring out my heart on the scrapbook page. I just kind of mentioned it in passing Um and I found I found some journaling. I'd been talking to Hetty, um, one of our fellow scrappers, mm-hmm. and I had literally copied and pasted like a private message I'd sent to her, and I I kind of used that as the basis for my journaling. And um, it was it was really good having that already written, and then. I, you know, a couple of years after that conversation, I've now scrapbooked the page and I'm like, okay, I have this journaling and then I edited it. And 
Yeah. So sometimes it's a bit of a process to get those kind of bigger, kind of more important stories. Although like, yeah, I guess having glasses is kind of a big story um, for Emily um, because it's part of every day of her life. Oh, for sure. Um, But yeah, I, I think some people are like, oh yeah, they have glasses. But for me, it was like quite a big emotions that I was going through when my, you know, two and a half, three-year-old was couldn't see. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I, I like how you, you went back to, let's, let's call them assets, things you already had. Maybe you hadn't mm. pulled it all together, but you went back to things you had. And we all have that. We have, whether it's memorabilia, social media posts, text messages, emails, like we already have some memory keeping done. It just mm. may not be in the the creative format. And so what can you mine from that to to help you get started? Mm. Yes, I'm all about that. <laughs> so if any of you listening want to start tackling your bucket list stories, you can head over to simplescrapper.com slash download and get our free uh, bucket loose bucket list bucket list worksheet it just has a simple area for you to start documenting 12 of the top stories that you want to make sure get in your albums and then there's another worksheet that you can duplicate again and again to expand on those stories and start collecting these ideas so that you can you know start getting these important stories in your albums All right, Melissa, let's dive into today's topic, which is digital decluttering. I mentioned a little earlier, this is decluttering month at Simple Scrapper. And this is one of three different episodes we're going to have on the topic. We're going to do digital supplies and photos. We're going to really go into photos. And then we're also going to do physical supplies. So, you know, your tangible things in your real life. How can you declutter these? So as Mm. Melissa is an expert in digital scrapbooking and she teaches Photoshop elements, as she mentioned, I really wanted to have someone on here who can really help us tease apart some, you know, a little bit of the technical aspects, but all the different things we need to wrap our brains around when we're talking about organizing and decluttering as as almost a different term are digital supplies. Um, But I want to set out an important context here is that whether or not you're a digital scrapbooker, you probably have something on your computer that's related <laughs> to uh, your scrapbooking. And I mean, we're going to have another whole other episode just on our photos, but you might have some word art, some brushes, you know, overlays. You probably have cut a files. principal cut files. Yeah, we all have things these days because things are so technical oriented. And how do you make sure that you can find those to support your scrapbooking? All right. So where do we begin? (laughs) Uh, Well, I think um, a good place to begin is talking about decluttering. The the thing that sprung to mind um, with decluttering itself is it just like if you imagine a desk that's just piled up with stuff all around me, I can, I, I don't have to imagine it. I'm just looking at my desk right now, which is kind of buried under all kinds of things. Um, it's decluttering to me is just getting those things that are where they shouldn't be and putting them where they should be. And in that process, we'll probably find some junk. We'll probably throw out a few things. We'll probably decide that, you know, maybe the reason we had this on the desk or, you know, was it's a project that we don't want to complete or we've changed lanes and we're not interested in that. So I I just think about that. Um, But instead of on a physical desktop, we're looking at 
sometimes it's our actual computer desktop that we every we see every time we turn on our computer. Maybe it's a downloads folder. Maybe it's some secret to file folder that we have stashed away somewhere. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how I look at at decluttering. It's like getting the things that are in our way and putting them where they should be, and getting the you know making the space for our mind to um, be peaceful and it, you know. Do you think that that these this type of clutter, if you will, gets overlooked? Like, there's this you know this the the common phrase of like, well, digital storage is cheap, so just save everything. And mm. while that, to a certain extent, that is true and increasingly true, you know, my dad just bought mm. a four terabyte hard drive for 60 bucks, I think. I mean, it's just, mm. it's insane how cheap it is, but that doesn't mean that it's going to help you find it if you really do have four terabytes of files. Um, yeah, it, that is a good point. Um, one thing that I think stops people from doing digital decluttering is that fear of, I don't know if this is the only copy. I don't know if I use this somewhere else and I still need it. Um, it's different to uh, if you're looking at, say, paper scrapbook supplies. Well, if you've used it, it's not there. <laughs> so so what you have remaining is all things you haven't used. So you kind of know, okay, I haven't used this. Am I going to use it or not? Um, whereas you might be downloading Paige Evans' cut file every week and you're like, okay, well, I have this file. I don't know. If I've used it, I can still use it again. Do I want to use it again? Do I want to start a filing system for all Paige's cut files? Um, it, I feel like it's quite uncertain for people and I, I don't know that it's overlooked. Maybe, maybe some people overlook um but there's a lot of people who have, you know, a desk, a literal, you know, computer desktop filled with folders of, you know, Stuff. photos that <laughs> I've used for the 21st birthday slideshow. And I'm not sure if they're the same or different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's so much. Yeah. Well, and I just think there's, what am I trying to say here? Like, we often don't think that it's getting in the way, even with the, even mm -hmm. with our physical clutter, like it's, you know, you know, you want to get it organized, but that's literally oftentimes it's preventing you from making progress. And I, I would say that's perhaps even more true if your creative process is starting on the computer. If you cannot find the file you want, if you're, you're faced with that uncertainty or the apprehension of, of if I move this, is it going to be okay every time? Then mm. you may just stop and say, oh, well, I'm just not going to do this right now. Oh, yes. Yes, for sure. And um, one, th one thing that I found in a practical way um, for doing that is kind of having a time um, where where I manage that clutter. So um, one thing I used to do on Instagram, I haven't done it recently, is like once a month I would have a prompt on my Instagram to like download your purchases, unzip them and delete the zip files because it, it is that uncertainty. And it's something that you need to, you need to have somewhat of a system like it doesn't have to be a fancy system but if you have an actual system where you're like okay I know that if these files are in my downloads folder I haven't dealt with them yet and I know that after I deal with them I always delete them then you're not clogging up your um, 
hard drive or your brain with all this uncertainty. <laughs> no, that's a good thing to like have you know, basically a status designation for different locations, like whether that's your downloads folder, your desktop, that, you know, this is a temporary place versus the somewhere else place that is the permanent storage location. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely, I like that because it means I don't have to, you know, I can just dive in. I know that all my supplies are in one place and it's just simpler to find what I want. Um, or for all of us to find what what we want if we've actually got a, a designated space for our, you know, whether it's digital supplies or printables or all of the things we've we've mentioned. Yeah. So before we dive into maybe some different, like kind of different categories or zones of things we need to go through, I want to dig a little bit more into this idea that, you know, a lot of decluttering could mean deleting of files. And we talked about how that's, that's, I mean, that's, a, it's different than using something up or even putting mm-hmm. it in the box to give away. It's like, okay, this file no longer exists. If I really wanted it again, I'd have to purchase it if it's even available. So how do you think scrapbookers can make that feel less scary? Because I think that's like a, a roadblock in this process is like, oh gosh, you have to make that decision. Am I going to use it again? And then how do I know? And and then what if I make a mistake? That's the other part of it too. Okay. Well, um, I guess one thing with decluttering, like if deleting things is a real fear, um, I guess this is more of a practical thing. But um, what I do is just I make sure that I have a backup, and I use a I use backup systems, and so maybe. If you haven't got an online backup like, um, you know, Backblaze Crash Plan or something that can be a lot um, more of a worry. Um, But when it comes to actually deleting things, we – it can help to think about it in the mindset of abundance. So if we delete a kit or something that we decide we don't want to use it and then we think, oh – Later on, oh, this would have been great for that thing which I've got rid of. Um, there is always so much more. You've probably even got another kit in your stash that you may not remember about. Um, so I, unless you really are that person who only maybe has a handful of kits, in which case you probably already do some decluttering, there's always so much. There's even, um, you know, you might get a freebie page kit that you can find to replace it. So just thinking about like, what is the worst case scenario? I'm going to delete um, this kit and then in a couple of years time, I'm going to want to scrapbook and that thing would have been perfect for it. Um, And in in reality, there are so many different ways that you can replace it. You can probably use other supplies that you already have. You could purchase new supplies. You could find freebies. You could, and I know that I have had kits that I've hung on to for a long time and I've gone back to try and use them. I'm like, "Mm, actually, no, that's not in fashion anymore or the the quality of the supplies aren't as, you know, 10 years on are much better. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, so sometimes just saying, well, what's the real worst case scenario here? Well, I think that applies to all of our supplies. It's like you need to use it now or get rid of it. 
because there's always going to be more supplies. There will be much things that you like even better, even though you like this thing right mm. now. You should use it now because there's going to be more things you really like later. And then if you don't like it, you're probably not going to really like it later. So then really get rid of it because <laughs> there will be even more things to take its place. Yes. Um, another thing that you can do if you're tentative about, I mean, I I kind of don't recommend this because this just adds another level, is you can do the old thing of it's kind of recommended in organizing circles where you have a box, you fill it up with all these, you know, kitchen gadgets. And if you don't open it within six months, you delete it. And you can do that yourself. Although, honestly, um, you have to have really good follow through to make sure you do delete it in six months. But that's always another thing. If you really are just nervous about deleting things um, in general, because I know it is, it is like, it is scary. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a great one at decluttering my photos, for example, over the years. And it's only this year that I've decided to get serious about doing it because I did always have that fear of, what if I want this later? So there's, there's some little, um, things that you can do to help yourself. And, um, the biggest thing that's helped me with my confidence has been just having a really good, um, backup system so that I don't need to worry about that. My whole computer's backed up and even if someone accidentally wiped my whole hard drive, I would, I'd live and I'd have all my files. <laughs> so, okay. So let's like, I have a couple different avenues here. First off, what mm. do you use for backup? So I use Crash Plan. Now they have discontinued their home um, service for that. So I don't know if it's really accessible to everyone, but um so I started with them several years ago because they're one of the few backup companies that had an office in Australia, which is really great for us. Um, so they sent me out a hard drive. I popped everything onto there. And then since then, I've been using online, um, you know, online backup to update that. And I also have um, something you can do with CrashPlan. I possibly with other systems as well, is you can have a local hard drive that's also yeah. like a local backup. So I I do that. So I have my crash plan, which is uploading to their secure servers. And then I also have that same backup basically is on a an external hard drive that plugs into the wall and sits on my um, giant, I've got a desktop computer, so I have a giant box. And on top of that, I've got a plugged in external hard drive and that's um that's what i use for backups so they are a true backup they that it's not like i can just go onto that hard drive and see a copy of all my folders i would have to use their system to uh, restore the files uh, but it's a really i feel very confident with that because i've got the local second copy and i've got the copy in the cloud in case something goes wrong yeah, my, my system is virtually identical to yours um, because I, you know, I use a laptop and I, there's n- there will never be enough storage on a laptop to, to meet mm-hmm. my needs. So I have an external drive that basically has 
all my photos, all my regular files. And then I have a second drive that's the backup that's even larger. And then I use Backblaze. Mm. Um, and it was when Cra- mm. I used to use CrashPlan, but when they changed their business model, I decided to go ahead and, and migrate to Backblaze. Um, both mm-hmm. of them do, you know, the external hard drive that which was important to me. You know, back, you know, ten years ago, I think CrashPlan was the only service that did that, and that's why a lot of us yes. in, in the scrapbooking world went to that. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think, I, I, can't, I don't know for sure, but I know both of these two do, and I think most of them do these days because people are using a lot more peripherals because of the mobility of devices, I guess. Um, mm. But yeah, I like I I love the system, and I'm like you. I have that peace of mind that if I accidentally delete something or just you know my house burns down, I feel like my files are safe. Mm. And that that is a really great feeling. And I think um, a, a lot of us in the scrapbooking world, we sometimes we focus on oh, we've got to get a second copy of our photos, or we might have a cloud service with a copy of our photos. Um, but I just encourage people. It's worth the money, which is, you know, probably less than what you're paying for Dropbox. Don't get me started on Dropbox. Um, But it is worth the money to just have a backup of your whole computer because if you, especially if you're like me and you have, you know, children with school assignments or whatever, it's nice to know that those are being backed up as well. Well, and to the best backup solution is one that you don't have to think about, like, yeah, mm-hmm. they, when they send you the email, you should read the email and say like, oh, look, all my stuff's still back up. That sounds great. Um, you should verify that it's working, but it should be automated because you shouldn't be relying on yourself to back it up because how many things do we put off until later, you know, making mm-hmm. the dentist That's appointment? Half- like, it's just there's the, the list is endless of things we need to do. So to have backup not be on that list. It is. It is just... It is um, well worth well worth the investment. I um, I would say. And I guess sure. another route that I wanted to go down is is going back to this idea of kind of uh, letting go. Um, we talked a lot about the reasons might why you might want to let go. That there always be new things later, but just as this overall sense of you don't have to have as much control as you think you do. You probably don't even need to save as save as many files in general as you mm. think you need to. It's, you know, wh- how many things do we download and then we don't need again? So, like, if I download mm. a menu from a restaurant, I don't need that again. If I want to look at it up, they probably changed it by the time, you know, I would use it again. So mm-hmm. I, there are very few digital files that I actually save. It's basically scrapbook supplies and tax forms. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's all that's left because everything else is accessible <laughs> elsewhere. Um Mm. So just to that bigger picture concept of maybe there's probably fewer things that you need to even keep. So that makes it easier to to organize later because you don't need to download it or even keep it if you do. So, Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of things like I, I just think about, say, for example, I have a silhouette cameo and, you know, in my downloads folder, I would, you know, I had the installer files for ages and I was like, why would I even keep this? Because it's updated about eight times since then, like every yeah. time I cut something up out on my silhouette um, versus back in the 90s where it took an hour to download a driver. I literally had like, <laughs> I had a whole folder structure of all things like that. And it's just something we don't really need to do anymore um, because both things are changing so quickly and um, the things that we need are so much more accessible. Yeah. 
Well, and it's just like, it's just a mindset to, to wrap your brain around. And as you are going through these files, you can also kind of adjust your behaviors going forward. It's like, oh, I don't really need to keep that. So maybe creating a habit of deleting things more quickly um, mm-hmm. or knowing that like for me, you know, and let's, I guess maybe it's time to transition into some of these different areas. Like for my downloads folder, mm-hmm. if I don't remove it from the downloads folder right away, to me, that's the signal. I don't need to keep this. And so every so often, like mm-hmm. every two weeks or so, I just delete everything in the downloads folder because mm-hmm. that's my practice that if I need it, I'm going to immediately remove it from that folder. Mm. Well, that's a good way to be. And then be. the rest is just fluff. It's, you know, stock photos, screenshots, you know, random things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's a, that's one thing I do like about... Um, even my screenshots now, because I'm on PC, they all get filed automatically into a screenshots folder for me. And I'm like, oh, that has freed up so much clutter, just being able to have that dealt with. I guess I'm probably a person who needs to keep screenshots because when I think about a screenshot, I'm like, oh, I'm probably going to put that in a blog post or a um, you know, a tutorial. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm probably like the, the, the only person who keeps screenshots or maybe one of the few people who should keep screenshots, <laughs> but that's definitely a good, um, thing to declutter. I'm literally scrolling through my downloads folder right now. And something I see in there is fonts. Yeah. And, um, in fact, probably most of it, you know, is fonts, silhouette cut files because like you say if I've downloaded a digital kit I deal with it so um you're probably pretty on the money with that well and I think that so typically things download at least on my you know I have a pc right now so things tend Mm -hmm. to download either to the downloads folder or some things automatically go to my desktop um Mm -hmm. and so those are the two places that I am commonly looking for like the most visible clutter. And I I I don't like having things on my desktop. I only have a few <laughs> shortcuts that go to like frequently used apps. Um, yes. You know, like for my webcam or Zoom or things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I know I've, I've certainly, even my husband's desktop, it's very cluttered. Um, even in, you know, would you consider it a best practice to keep your desktop clean or at least organized? And how, how should, what would we recommend for people? Well, Yes, absolutely. Because there's a couple of things with your physical, like the thing that you screen, we're ta- we're, when we're saying desktop, we're talking about the screen that you see when you turn on your computer. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're on a Mac, it is so vital that you clean that desktop up because um, Mac uses its memory differently and you can actually be slowing down your uh, performance of your computer by having a thousand things on the desktop because just because of the way it uses memory. It's not quite the same on a a PC, but um, there's a couple of issues you can have. Um, One of them is um, if you are using an organizing um, software of any kind like Lightroom or um, Elements Organizer or things like that, we, there's issues with um, just having such a long use, like um, having such a long file directory, is a risk. Is a <laughs> it's a it's a weird thing. It's probably a technical thing people don't think about, um, but that is a bit of a risk. So I always encourage people to keep things kind of pretty flat and preferably, yeah, just 
that desktop is things that you're seeing all the time. And so even in your subconscious, you're reading those words that are on your desktop constantly. So I would definitely encourage just for your freeing your brain up, but also for freeing up your, especially if you have a Mac, you'll probably find that your performance increases if you're one of those people that has icons just all over your desktop, especially like if you've got photos, maybe you download them from Facebook and then you just like kind of leave them there because you might want to use them for something. I'd say definitely move them to their, um, I like to say home base. So the space that you actually have designated for those things, whether they're photos, whether they're um, supplies or whatever it is, just digital files. Yeah. Well, and I think that this, if if you enter into this process with a a significant amount of clutter, you can pretty easily scan through what you have and start creating those categories and creating the homes. Mm -hmm. Like if if you don't have a home for something and you see you have a lot of it, then you should create one and then you Mm -hmm. can rearrange things from there. But you know, having starting with a lot of things is actually can be a good problem because then you can identify, you know, what you commonly have and what what needs to have a home. Yeah. So, um, for example, just looking in, um, I have I've been using another um, software program to just doing some photo book printing, and so that's um forever artisan I've been using. And I noticed that as I'm looking around, a lot of my clutter is to do with that program because I have a great system for what I do with my Photoshop Elements stuff. And I'm using some different software and I haven't really got a system set in place. So I would just, you know, set up a folder in my digital supplies and just call it, you know, artisan or whatever and pop all of that stuff in there. And and um, so if you're the same, you could look at fonts or cut files or things that you, if you definitely want to keep them, um, you can do. Actually, while we're just talking about fonts, once you've installed them, you may or may not really need to keep the original file. So that's something else to consider um, with your digital clutter is once you've um, downloaded a program or a file or a font, um you might need to, depending on how tech savvy you are, you might need to ask someone, like, do I need to keep this file? Um, I'm, I'm happy to answer those kind of questions um, because you might find that, okay, do I really need to keep all these fonts? If I reinstall my computer, am I going to want to add these 100 fonts or will I want to just um, use them on an ad hoc basis? And so I probably don't need to have a, a great font management system, I can just install them for this. um, And then if I try and use them in the future, my computer will tell me, hey, you need the Pacifico font because you haven't installed that on your computer and you can go grab it then in the moment when you need it. It's more of a just-in-time versus a just-in-case. Oh, good point. Good distinction. I like that. Well, and I think that there's a difference between, yeah, you might need this, as you said, and do I really need to keep this or is it going to break something? And if the mm. font files are installed, no, it's not as long as, you know, you haven't, you're not switching to a new computer. Um, mm-hmm. Once you've unzipped your files and they're in a separate folder, you don't need to keep the zip file any longer. Mm-hmm. Um 
You know, are there other types of files like that where you don't really need to keep it? We talked about install files for, for different softwares. Um, you know, drivers, once they're installed, like your computer is basically making copies of all of these things and putting it where it wants them to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. So especially, um, and one thing I'd say to reassure people, if you're dealing with um, files or clutter on your computer desktop or in your downloads folder, or even in your like my documents folder, none of those are what we call system files. So removing those kind of things are typically not going to disrupt um, how a system operates. Like it's not going to affect your operating system. It's not going to break anything in the program or in the um, tools that you're using. Well, yeah, that's a great point. And that's what's why they create these folders for us. So these are your user folders versus mm-hmm. and they try to keep things tidy elsewhere so that you can't break it. Yes, that's right. And, you know, most modern operating systems are going to, you know, tell you, <laughs> they're going to say, you need system permission to remove this file. So as long as you're sticking to the things that you have downloaded or you're you're going to be pretty safe. And I, I think that might um, be an encouragement to people who are feeling like, oh, a bit scared to, um, to declutter. Because if you're not really um, familiar with how computers work, it it can be a little bit nerve wracking, and that's well, I, that's normal. It, oh, it is, and and I really liked your idea of having a folder that you're going to plan on deleting. Like I will frequently do this and do I put I will put a date on the folder, like all caps say delete after a certain date. Mm-hmm. And I know that if I haven't taken something out of that folder that I needed, that it's safe to do that when I happen to come across the folder again. I don't look at it. I just delete it because I know that the date has passed and it's, it's okay. Just like that, you know, Mm. the same if you do with clothes you haven't worn. If you haven't opened the Mm. box, don't even open it. Just go and donate (laughs) it. That's right. That's right. So are there any other like categories of things that we should be looking for that could be clutter that's kind of getting away, getting in the way of our productivity, um, preventing us from finding the things that we do want to use, or even preventing us from getting, getting a better organization system from those things that we want to use? Yeah. So I, so we've talked a little bit about our downloads folder and our computer desktop. So one thing you can look at if you're a digital scrapper or if you're, you know, using a lot of digital resources with your scrapbooking is in that folder. So for me, I have a folder, you know, a digi folder and in there is, you know, all my digital scrapbook supplies and all my cut files and that kind of thing. So one, um, so one thing you can do is have just physically have a look through that um, directory. And I like to do um, sort it by date modified. And then you can see how old things are. So, for example, this is going to be scary. (laughs) Let me have a look. This one's not too bad. Um, Nope, that's not too bad at all. I thought I was going to come up with some really old files. Um, you can see probably from um, the dates. So I've got some supplies. My oldest ones here are like from 2013 that I can find. 
and just by looking at them, I can tell, um, you know, if you're looking at, you can even um, view your extra large icons or something on Windows. So you can kind of see what's inside the folder and you can see, okay, well, this is definitely not my scrapbook style. So I can just easily delete a lot of these things because I know I'm never going to use them. And they're also from 2013. So they're, you know, how old's that? Seven years old. (laughs) (laughs) And if I haven't used them in the last seven years, or even if I have, because of course with digital, they're not gone once you've used them. But if they're seven years old, I'm probably not going to turn to those. Um, Another thing I do do to declutter my actual scrapbook supplies is – People who've retired from scrapbooking, um, designing, I may go in and just delete all of their um, their kits because, I mean, this is this is kind of something a bit different. I guess someone who is just scrapbooking for themselves, and if you're not doing a lot of sharing online or you're not doing creative teamwork, it may not apply for you. But for me, there's no point in me. Um, creating all these beautiful uh, pages and then I share them and people say, okay, well, where did you get this from? And then I can't, I can't go on and share them. And this happens all the time anyway, because there's such a turnover in digital supplies. Um, But if the actual designer is completely out of the industry, I tend not to use their kits anymore. Um, Yeah. So that's one thing you can do to declutter is just go, okay, well, I don't need any more of this person's um, supplies. So I'm, I, I went, as you were like looking through your folder, I started to go into my digital folder. And I will say yes. that like, let's see, in probably 2013, I went and I deleted about 500 kits, like most of my supplies. Mm-hmm. And so I kept what yep. I thought was like the essentials. And I have things from... July 2009, uh, Penny mm-hmm. Springman's all worn out overlays. I have things from designers oh. who are, have not been designing for years. Um, oh, look. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's entertaining here. I have all of Tracy Reed's original bad sewing machine stitches. Oh, actually, I do have those. <laughs> <laughs> I still probably use those. Um, I mean, this is yeah, a I decade sh- old. Um, it's I'm yeah, you know it's, it, but I like looking at the date. Really helps you be realistic Decide. about what you're gonna might use again. I'm sure I probably have. So so I probably have. Let's have a look here. Uh, I was just thinking of Nicole Seitler. Yeah, Is that how we say her name. Um, Sugar Plum Papery. I think I literally had every single thing that she created at one point. Yes, there we go. Um, So I'd hate to think I must have stuff from 2008 (laughs) that she had created. And I know I was talking to her about it and she's like, oh, please, can you just delete that? I would like (laughs) the freebies when I was learning to design. But you kind of do get attached to that. And she's someone who has retired. Well, I guess she did do a a Project Life physical kit with Becky Higgins not that long ago. I can't remember how long ago it was. Um, I think it's longer than we think it is now. Oh, it's probably a couple of years. But she's probably someone I will probably keep her supplies for – 
sentimental reasons. Mm-hmm. I remember I was like that with Anna Benjamin as well, but I did eventually um, say goodbye to some of those kits. But yeah, it can be a fun walk down memory lane. So if you're sentimental, maybe this is not the best way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, but it's also important to be realistic. You know, uh, when I was digital scrapbooking, I very rarely used a kit more than once like maybe twice in a row but there was always new things to buy and so I didn't really go back and I often divided my supplies between the kits and then like all the other fun extras that you might like those stitches that you might go back to but it's important to be realistic about your behaviors good or bad if you're not going to use it then do you need to keep it Mm. yeah so the fit the first thing I would say to people is, well, firstly, you know, make sure everything's unzipped, delete all those old zip files, and then you can just go through and look at things realistically. Um, with with those fun things that you think you might use again, like um, speaking of Nicole, I have her little snippets alphabet and I love to use those. They're like little typed letters on a tiny piece of paper. And so I'll use those as alphabet. Um, you know, as letter stickers on lots of layouts. So I'd probably never delete those. Um, But you can just browse through and say goodbye to some of that stuff that you know you're not going to use again. And if you have been a person who pulls out your supplies, so um, Jennifer, you just mentioned like you might pull out, say, the stitches because you'll use those again. Mm -hmm. If you think... If you've been, (laughs) if you're a person who's organized your digital kits, maybe you've got all your alphabets in one folder or something like that, you might actually have quite a few duplicate files because you might have kept things with a kit and then filed them in other ways if you've been using folders. So you can always run a quick or maybe not that quick, you can run some duplicate um, detection software um, if you think you've got multiple copies of things. It might be worth doing that and just freeing up some some space. And do you have one that you um, recommend? Because this is a question that we get a lot. Yes. So for, um, I'm not totally sure for Mac for file folders, but for actual photos, I recommend if you're using the Mac um, Photos app, I will recommend Fat Cat Software. They have two different programs, one for iPhotos and one for Photos app, although probably everyone switched over to Photos app. So I recommend their um, photo manager. Um, but for PC, there's a couple of options if you're just looking at um, graphics files, which is your digital supplies are mostly just your JPEGs and your PNG files. Uh, But if you want to get really – so for that, you can use the awesome duplicate photo finder. Apparently, that's a little hard to find on the web these days. Okay. So another option, which is a paid option, and I've been um, using that a lot lately because I've just done a massive deduplication, is Duplicate Cleaner Pro. And that is an app that you can purchase um, and it's well worth the money. I think it's around twenty dollars. I have to look it up um, to double check. Well, if you have um, a lot of duplicates, that's not that's not a huge investment if it saves you a lot of time. I and it will I, I really struggle with duplicate software just because 
if you're not already understanding where these things are on your computer, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't always help make that more clear to make sure that you are keeping one copy and getting rid of the other and that it's in the right place. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, yes. So that's one thing I love. Um, awesome Duplicate Photo Finder does this, but also um, Duplicate Cleaner Pro. It's when you actually search, you can um, – so I do like this one because it's a little less um, complex mm-hmm. looking. So you just look at your scan location and you say, um, this is my, say, for example, you might add your digital scrapbooking folder or my digi folder and then I'll add my downloads folder if I think I've got lots of duplicates there. And then I can set which one is the master copy. Um, so for me, the master is the final destination that you want to keep your files in. So you just say, yes, my digi folder is my master copy. So any other copies you find elsewhere on the computer, mark those to be deleted. Okay, great. And then, um, yeah, as long as you've got exact match on your files, you should be fine. But I do understand what you um, mean, Jennifer, because it can be a bit confusing. Um, So with awesome duplicate photo finder, they actually, you have to delete items one by one, which is very time consuming, (laughs) but you can at least sort by folder and then just delete the things that aren't in that folder. Um, So that's where having a home base where you know, this is where I want to keep, whether it's digital supplies or photos, and then telling your software um, where the final, where the master files need to stay. Very that cool. Really well, I'm glad help. that that's become hopefully easier to use and that because this is a question that we get all the time, um, particularly for mm. photos, is that it's just you have photos in lots of different places. You've made copies. You don't know where they are and how can you make sense of it? So thanks for yes. those tips. We will definitely include those links in the show notes. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of, to start yeah. wrapping up here, I'm curious kind of what, how do we, what advice do we want to share with scrapbookers of all kinds on how to reduce their digital clutter going forward? So we don't have to go into a de- decluttering mode, and we always will again, but how do we make that mm-hmm. a little more manageable so that we can just, you know, keep things organized and tidy? Yeah, so I think one of the tips that you mentioned earlier is a good one. It's... Um, if you download something and you need to keep it, moving it right away is a great option. So I would say the first thing to do is think about what you're typically using, whether that's printables or kits or whatever that is, and have a home base. If you have a home base for that, even if it's a complete dumping ground of files and it's no organized no further than that, at least you always know where your files need to go. Mm-hmm. And the, the second step is probably just to handle it when you download it. Yeah, good point. Because um, when you come back to it and you've got a file that's called like cut file MCS 2019 <laughs> you've got Buckley's of remembering what that is and knowing whether you need it or not. And then I would say, look, if it's something that you don't think you're going to reuse, you just feel free to delete it right away. And most of us, that's going to pop it in the recycling bin. You can always go fishing in there if you want to. <laughs> um, and don't, yeah, just don't be afraid to delete um, because we have an abundance 
of supplies that we can use in our scrapbooking. Well, I think just taking the few extra seconds as part of your, I don't know, just digital hygiene, like you'll you'll thank yourself later because you won't have the folders that are overflowing and you're not sure whether or not you can delete the thing. So just go in, take care of it right away and try to keep things more tidy. And then that that just trains you to make sure that your files are going to the right place, that you ha- you're creating homes for different types of files and everything mm-hmm. else just seems to flow from there. So, yeah. And I'd really encourage you that you don't need to set up a fancy organizing system for whatever you're doing. Um, software these days is getting so smart that you don't need to have folders within folders within folders. Um, and that that's the time consuming part you don't actually need to be micromanaging your files, but just having a having a home base for them is really a great first step. And most of the time, that's all you're going to need. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It's a cut file. You just chuck it in your cut files folder. And then, you know, you've, you've got one less thing in your downloads folder to worry about whether you should delete it or not. Well, that's, I think that's a really great point because we can, as you're, you're going down this path, you can really make it even more complicated for yourself and make it harder to find things by over-organizing. So mm. it's better to under-organize and add more later if you feel like you need it. Um, mm. But just having those homes, as you said, individual folders for different types of categories of files is really what you need and it really does 99% of, of the job. So, Yes. All right, Melissa, this was so fun. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom. And thank you everyone out there for listening. I really appreciate the time you give to the podcast and for supporting Simple Scrapper. And of course, I want you to remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way.